This episode of the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants Podcast is sponsored by LiveFlow. Did you hear the news? LiveFlow just launched a new consolidation product. LiveFlow power user Beth Melcher of MoneyFit said that LiveFlow's consolidation is saving her team 15 to 20 minutes per client every week and eliminates the use of formulas. LiveFlow's automated multi-entity consolidation is simple to use. You can easily map multiple unmatching charts of accounts from multiple QuickBooks Online companies into one standardized report. And once it's set up, LiveFlow works its magic, updating the consolidations automatically in real time. So you can focus on analysis using instantly updated data across entities. LiveFlow can even consolidate financials that are in different currencies. And the possibilities don't stop there. LiveFlow empowers you with flexible, powerful reporting tools to create customized dashboards that meet your specific needs, build executive presentations, cash flow forecasts, and more with just a few clicks. To stop grueling over manual consolidation reports and to get 25% off your first three months, be one of the first 10 listeners to head over to uq.promo forward slash LiveFlow. That is uqb.promo forward slash L-I-V-E-F-L-O-W. Welcome to the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants Podcast. I am joined by my good friend, Alicia Katz-Pollock, the original, the one and only QBO Rockstar, CEO and founder of Royal Y Solutions. And I have the privilege of collaborating with Hector Garcia, CPA, the founder of Right Tool for QuickBooks. And in this episode of the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants Podcast, we're going to talk about, look what I found, trademark, for <laughs> December 2023. So Alicia trademarked, look what I found, very smart, because this is the title of um, an ongoing uh, article or section or, or, of her newsletter, where she basically points out new little things that she found in QuickBooks Online while playing around. So in today's episode, we're just going to talk about these little things that we mysteriously found during December of 2023. Hi, Alicia. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Um, the, the look what I found is actually a course um, at royalwise.com. It's a free course where I collect things. Usually it's bigger changes and not the all the little tiny little things. But whenever I post um, on the socials, uh, whenever you see something that says, look what I found, you can guarantee it's this little inter one little thing that I found in the interface that's new. So I'm glad that we get to collect them for this today. Yeah, and it's, it's smart to trademark it because uh, then people are expecting a look what I found uh, update every month or every every week or hour. I, I, I guess you just do them on demand as you find this stuff. I see them in your Facebook group. You just post randomly, hey, I found this new checkbox or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And I also love that you trademarked it because I, I can't, you know, like if I start posting articles on the look what I found, you could technically sue me. Yeah, so, I, mean, uh, I I love it when other people mm. post things that they find, but say anything else other than look what I found. You can say, hey, check this out. Great. Just don't say, hey, look what I found. <laughs> have you have you had somebody actually say, look what I found, and you've had to send them a, an angry Yeah, DM? I've had a, a couple friends think it's a cool, cool way of presenting it, and I had to come back around and say, well, just say anything else. I don't right. want to stop you from doing it. Please, right. please, please post all the little stuff you find. Right. Just don't say that. <laughs> you you can say you can say look what Alicia found. I right, yeah. can give them a authorization to that. And I've been known okay. to say like look what Hector found or look what Megan found. <laughs> right, exactly. 
So, all right, so you start. What, what did you find uh, interesting this month? Okay. So one preference that I found when I was updating one of my courses is that in accountant settings and under the advanced preferences, down at the very, very bottom, it's literally the last setting, now has one that says, warn, warn me if I enter a quantity or rate outside my usual range. And so I think this is one of their um, applications of AI, where if most of your expenses are under a certain threshold, and then you post something that's wildly different, that it should give you an alert saying that the expense for this is outside your norm. I haven't actually seen it in action. I have it turned on, but I haven't made any big mistakes like that to trigger it. But I like the fact that they're looking. I I like that start. You know what I would love to see? Where you uh, go and create a bill or a check or an expense for a particular vendor, and I'll go back and check, you know, which ex- expense accounts you've been using in the past and tell you, hey, by the way, you've always used office supplies for this. You know, it, it seems kind of weird that you used it for that. That that could be interesting too. I would love or, to see that too. Right. Or or maybe you are, you know, you're buying something big, 10,000, 20,000, and you're putting in the office supplies and then, you know, warn you and say, hey, by the way, this amount seems kind of big. Generally, you know, these type of categories, this big, this could be a fixed asset. Talk to your accountant just to make sure you categorize it correctly. That would be interesting too. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so I love I love the start of like the, the the real life applications of of the AI. Yeah, absolutely. And you found some new reports, right? Yes. So as part of the movement that QuickBooks is making to make QuickBooks Online advance more relevant for construction companies, a couple of months ago they added the ability to create what's called a cost estimate, which is basically an estimate that also contains a column for the cost of the product or the service, the markup, and then the price. So a cost estimate was ext- is extremely important. It's, it's, it's crucial. It's essential. And we've had this in QuickBooks Desktop Pro, even, even the Pro Edition, forever, which is one of the reasons why QuickBooks, on, uh, the accountants, never really trusted QuickBooks Online for um, for construction companies because you didn't have the ability to do this type of estimate. So now they're calling this a project estimate or a cost estimate or project cost estimate. Okay, so those three words. And essentially, if you create inside of a project, a project cost estimate, now you have the projected cost for that project tracked through the estimate and then you have the actual cost of the project tracked to through bills, checks, uh, expenses that you job cost or you select the project in that little client column at the very end. And essentially, this is the fundamental structure of job costing and uh, construction accounting. The challenge with that was is uh, that you could you could see your actual cost and your and your estimated cost in the project screen. But there wasn't a formal report for you to see that. So in QuickBooks Line Advanced, QuickBooks uh, Online added three new reports. One is called Estimates versus Actuals by Project. Amazing. Okay, this in desktop used to be called Estimates versus Actual Summary. Note, there's no classic reports version of this report. This only works inside of the new reports platform. And this is just an inside joke. We had another episode where we like, we ranted <laughs> deeply about classic reports versus the the, the new reports. Um, so so it, it's a, it looks pretty good. It looks very similar to, to QuickBooks Desktop. It has a column for 
the actual product or service. It has a column for the estimated cost, one for the actual cost, one for the delta, the difference between estimated and actual, which is actually the essence of um, essence of work in progress, which we'll talk about uh, in a little bit. And then there's three more columns, one for estimated income from the estimate, so what you thought you were going to make, actual income from invoices um, and, and sales receipts, and the difference between to see if there's a delta between what you thought you were going to charge with what you actually charge. So with construction, there's, there's, there's something called um, change orders. So this is the stuff that you, you track with change orders, right? Like, you know, what, what did I think the project was going to be? The total amount that I would charge versus the total amount that I actually charge. Okay. So that's estimates versus actual by project. There's also a new one called estimates and project invoices summary by project, which is really awesome. So it, it tells you all the, it lists all the projects and then it tells you what the original estimated amount was that you were going to charge for the project, the total amount that you have invoiced so far, and then the percentage of it. So you basically can, with this, you can know more or less what you know, where the project is percentage-wise. Now, this is not a cost-driven percentage. This is an invoice-driven percentage, which could be different. Mm-hmm. So if you have conditions, like you know, when I'm halfway through, I'm going to invoice you know, halfway of, of the project. Or w- when I'm 30% of the way there, I'm going to invoice 90% of the project. Like There's all sorts of contractual conditions. So what you're seeing in an estimates versus progress invoice uh, summary report is going to show you the progress from an invoicing perspective, not from a cost perspective. So we'll get, okay. there, um, we'll get there in a little bit. And then also super nice thing that I added to this, which you don't get in the QuickBooks desktop version of this report, is they added one last column for total paid. So it's not just what you have invoiced, but what is the cash basis income from the invoice? What are the payments that you received against that invoice? And that's really awesome. It doesn't get used to calculate anything else, but sometimes you're looking at these, like how much have I invoiced so far? And there's this percentage, but I haven't gotten paid. And that additional piece of information, it's really relevant. You know, it'd be cool to have one more column for a percentage of progress cash basis that would show me the, the percentage, you know, based on the paid, not the total invoice amount. But mm. of course, you know, as, a, as, a, as an accountant and a very anal one that I am, I'm always going to find something missing with, 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 with There's always something to suggest. There's always something. And the last of the three new reports for, for construction projects and QuickBooks line advance is called the work in progress by project report, which you is just said whip, we, didn't you? The whip, the Ooh. whip. There's a, WIP There's a WIP report in QuickBooks Line Advance. It's called Work in Progress by Project. It will show me, it, it shows you all the projects, all your active projects. It shows you a column for estimated cost, a project for estimated, sorry, for actual cost. So, so far, these, these are the same as the estimates was actual. But the third column shows you percentage completed. So, this is a percentage from the perspective of cost, which is different than percentage from the perspective of invoice versus estimate. And that's where WIP comes from. That's the percentage of cost. It's the real number. Then we get the three next columns, which is total estimated income, which is all, everything that's on the estimates. And then something called calculated earnings, which doesn't come from invoices. It actually comes from grabbing the total estimated income from the estimate and multiplying it by your percentage completed 
that's driven by the cost. Driven by cost. And then it, okay. and then it tells you what's the revenue recognition number. Like, so if you have a cruel based accounting in construction, uh, in the, in the work in progress uh, version of, of, um, of, of, of the accrual reporting in construction, the calculated earnings is how much you're supposed to put in your PL that you have earned. Now, QuickBooks puts in the PL what you have invoiced, not what you have um, earned. So you would have to take this number, the total calculated earnings for the year, and you would have to, uh, and then compare it against the total amount that you have invoiced. And in some cases, you would make an adjustment for something called overbillings and underbillings to try to get your income to match the accrual version of construction accounting, which is, again, percentage complete and based on cost multiplied by the estimated amount you're supposed to get for the whole project. So that's what we get in the WIP report, which is accurate. So they actually nailed it. They got it right, which is awesome. Um, you know, we haven't seen Intuit get a new report right, especially a really funky one like this from the get-go. So great job. Um, <laughs> our, my construction clients will be happy for sure. I'm actually kind of jaw-dropped on this one because I know that some of the big holdouts for being able to move over from desktop to online have been major construction. Like, I've got tons of mom-and-pop shops, but they're not concerned about WIP. And so I know that WIP reporting was one of the giant holdbacks. And so this means that we really are one step closer, aren't we? This episode of the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants podcast is sponsored by Timesheets.com. You already know what Timesheets.com does, but today I'd like to talk about what Timesheets.com doesn't do, because sometimes that's just as important. For instance, Timesheets.com doesn't charge a base fee and only costs $5.50 per user, certainly not $8 or more. Also, Timesheets.com will never market to your clients because they respect that private relationship. And Timesheets.com doesn't answer your support calls with an automated phone system, nor will they transfer you from person to person while you're pulling out your hair trying to close payroll on time. Those are just a few important things that Timesheets.com doesn't do. And right now, they are offering the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants podcast listeners two full years commission for each new client you refer, or two free months of service, your choice. Head over to uqb.promo slash timesheets. That is uqb.promo forward slash T-I-M-E-S-H-E-E-T-S. We are one step closer. We we are missing the purchase open purchase order amounts mm -hmm. um, to be put as a projected cost in the future. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. um, so that would be interesting to have a report that would show you know amounts on open POs, and then the amounts on timesheets that have not been yet converted to to paychecks because these are two types of things that we normally project for. Isn't so that there? Stuff in, the what? Isn't it? Isn't the unbilled time costs, or that's just unbilled yes. to the to the, the back to the client? It's not unbilled to payroll. Correct. There is a report for the all unbilled time cost, but that that's that, that has nothing to do with stuff that's on timesheets that I have I have not done uh, paychecks for because this okay. would be like your committed. This 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 is called your committed cost. These are the costs that. You have identified as a as a future cash outflow related to that project, 
but you don't have a bill or a paycheck yet to accrue for that expense. So we take this information from purchase orders and from um, future paychecks, which are basically timesheets. So it would be nice to see you know, any future timesheets that have not been converted into paychecks and open POs that are assigned to the projects to be added into this WIP, pro, WIP report somehow as your committed cost for the future, because it will, it will give you even more information related to where you stand in the project. Well, this is a fantastic step forward. And I would, you know, I know that, you know, as they're trying to make QBO completely comparable to QuickBooks Desktop, this is one of the big areas to hold out. So hopefully they gather a whole panel of construction specialists and give, give, get their wish list and build in the rest of it. Absolutely. Your turn, Alicia. <laughs> okay. Um, the next things that I have are mostly little things. And of course, because this is a podcast and we're not screen sharing, it's a little hard to describe. But I did notice in the upper right-hand corner, there are some new icons and some moved icons. Uh, the search is no longer magnifying glass on the right. It's now in the middle. And I'll come back around. We'll talk about search in a minute. There's also, uh, there has long been kind of a, a loudspeaker or a megaphone that sometimes is there and sometimes is not, and that is now back. And, and that's for feedback, right? Uh, that is actually for new features. That's them oh, shouting to you, hey, we put some new stuff in the project, in, in the software. And so when you click on the megaphone, it takes you to a series of articles <laughs> for things they, they want to make sure that you know have been added. I think I, I did mini rant. I think the megaphone should be feedback because when you speak to through a megaphone <laughs> close to a speaker, you get feedback. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's, that, that's why I thought. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. There's another um, new one up there with nine little dots. I tend to call those waffles when I see them. And the waffle takes you to app status so that you can see the connection status on all of the apps that you have connected so that if there is something that is down you have an opportunity to go check it and see it. There's a notifications bell and the notification bell is designed for system alerts. Um, and for example, when I clicked on it this week, there was actually a list of reports which are currently moving to modern. So always look at the bell. I would love to see that bell more active. I would love to see notifications for things happening in your file. And um, there's lots of ways that they could use it. So keep looking at that bell. Always look for a little pink dot. That's how you know something new is in there. And then the next icon that I noticed up there was your tasks list. One of the complaints that I've had is that there's a lot of things that generate tasks, whether it's um, workflows in QuickBooks Online Advanced, or whether it's your reminders list, running some, your recurring transactions list, sending some reminders, that's the place where these are um, going to show up. Um, and so keep an eye on your tasks and that's the things that you have told it to alert you about. So uh, these are not universally rolled out yet. So for some of you, these are things to come, but keep an eye out on the upper right for those new options. Um, yeah, I was going to say in, in a classic QuickBooks fashion, I switched to three different company files while you were talking and all three have different icons <laughs> right. in, the, in, in the top. And, and the most distinctive one is the search box. Okay. So as, as Alicia mentioned, uh, sometimes you will see a magnifying glass as an icon. And then when you click that magnifying glass, the drop down comes in for search. 
And for others, what you're getting is basically a, a, a box that you can type in. So it's basically a, the, 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 the box for you to type your search shows up. And then when you click on that box, then you get the dropdown for the most recent transactions. And on the new, and this is tricky because essentially there's three versions of search. There's the, 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 the classic search that takes you immediately to the old classic search when you actually click on advanced search. There's the like the intermediate new search that has a, a more modern drop-down menu. And then when you click on advanced search, it takes you to the new redesigned version of advanced search. And then there's this one in between that Alicia's talking about where there's an actual box where you can type, where you can click. You do get a drop-down, but you also get this four tabs in the top. You get all transactions, contacts, and reports. And when you search something and you put any any anything in your search, uh, you through their tabs, you can basically group your searching instead of just having everything dumped into one place uh, because it's just not enough place to put everything. So if you, if you, if you like the old way, you just leave it in all and basically it, it gives you like five of each, assuming that whatever you searched is there's a transaction with that name or there's a contact with that name or it's a report with that name. Okay. Like for example, you have a customer called Carlos Profit Garcia and then you have in an invoice, in a memo somewhere, you put, you know, paid out profit for something and then you search for the word profit you're going to get the profit and loss report you're going to get profit garcia and then you're going to get <laughs> the, the invoice that had the word profit in the memo so that this is the logic behind you know like being able to uh, categorize the search results quickly without going into a new screen in this uh, pop-up window so that's pretty cool i like that so far but then when you click on go to transaction search some company files go to the new it's called the i guess it's called the new or, or the new advanced search. Um, and the new advanced search has one thing that annoys people, which is good to point out, which has, there's one field, open field for search, where you can search for amounts, names, memo. And then there's one that says amount, a little box that says amount. What we found is that if you search on the little box that says amount, it only searches the header of a transaction. So the total invoice amount. For example, if you're looking for a specific line item or if you're looking for a line in a journal entry, if you use that dollar amount in the amount box, it won't work. It won't find it. So you have to use the general search box to search within details of transactions um, to find a, a detail. But the kind of annoying part is that if you do search within a detail, when you get the results, the results do not show a preview of that detail. It just shows a preview of the header of that transaction. And it very, doesn't make for really good radio. It's very difficult to explain. But the mini rant here that I want to give is like that this new search, the amount has to search both headers and details, or maybe give us two different amounts, header amounts and line amounts or detail amounts, so we can control that. So that's what's going on with search now. Yeah. And mostly I think that's a communication issue because the whole, since this new search came out, I have always demonstrated it in Craig's landscaping by putting a hundred dollars in both of those two amounts. And you can instantly see the difference that the the box that says alert on the second row, if you put in a hundred dollars, you only see a hundred dollar transactions. If you put a hundred dollars in the top one, you you also get a transaction that's for $108 because one of the line items is a hundred. So it's really, really powerful. I like it. Yeah, but you have to know that little workaround because on, right. the, on the classic search, you had a field for transaction line amount 
and a field for transaction amount and a field for transaction or line amount. Which right? is so, so it, confusing. This is so much easier than that. You just have to understand what it's saying. But you have to understand where to put the where to put the dollar right. amount. Right. This episode of the unofficial QuickBooks Accountants Podcast is sponsored by OnPay. OnPay, with 30-plus years of payroll expertise, is your ideal payroll partner. With OnPay, you can run your client's payroll, delegate it to your team, or empower your clients to manage it themselves. In any case, OnPay handles all the tax payments and filings, even at the local level, at no extra cost. OnPay seamlessly integrates with QuickBooks Online and QuickBooks Desktop, offering you a payroll solution that fits your entire client base. Partnering with OnPay means you'll have access to dedicated partner support, account managers, and a direct support phone line. Their team of in-house payroll experts will do all the heavy lifting, from setting up your dashboard to adding your clients and their employees. They'll even enter any prior wages to make it easy to switch. Now, here's the exciting part. OnPay is offering an exclusive deal for accountants and bookkeepers. Enroll new clients by October 31st, 2023 to enjoy fee-free services until January 31st, 2024. That's potentially up to four months of free payroll services. To seize this incredible offer and to get up to four months of free payroll, head over to uqb.promo slash onpay. That's uqb.promo forward slash O-N-P-A-Y. And do we have one last thing, Alicia? Oh, I've got actually like three more things. Okay. Ready? Here's my three. So I did notice some new communications, um, in particular in the bank transactions area, formerly called the banking center. Um, I found two different alerts that I was really happy to see. One is I'm currently having trouble with my Chase account. I think a lot of people are. I actually had a, a card go bad because of fraud. So I don't know if I'm experiencing my own problems or if I'm experiencing everybody else's problems. But the first thing is I found a new button um, in my banking area called banking alerts that specifically says we're working with Chase to fix your connections. You'll see an alert here as soon as there's an update with a date on it. So that told me, yes, they know there's a problem with Chase. So I was very happy to see that banking alert. If you don't have any banking alerts, you might not see the button. That's kind of how I'm predicting they're using it. Quick question slash mini rant. Yeah. Why is there always a problem with the Chase connection? <laughs> what is it about what is it about Chase and QuickBooks that just like never get along? Well I assume it's programming on Chase's side because they used to be one of the most robust, reliable ones and then all of a sudden they went to hell. So I think it's something on their side. Not our Okay, end the rant. Okay. <laughs> um and then the other thing that popped up is I got an alert that um showed up that said um some okay some transactions might be affected by outdated rules this could cause unexpected results for your books we identified transactions that might be affected for you and then it actually gives me dates that between october 11th and october 31st that there was a problem with some of their rules some of the rules firing so they're alerting me that I need to go check these. And so they tell you to go to that middle tab for categorized for the transactions that are already in the books. And then there's a new filter in the, the middle filter button for outdated rules. 
And then hypothetically, it's supposed to pop up rules that I should double check to make sure they're right. Now, I didn't actually see any errors. It didn't actually bring anything up. Uh, so if this was an attempt from Intuit to identify that they had a programming error or a glitch and that I should double check my work, I appreciate that and I thank them for it. So um, I don't really have a full story for what's what triggered it and how many of you out there found it, but keep an eye out for it. And I'm happy that Intuit is communicating with us when they find something wrong. Interesting. Yeah. All right. And so my last thing is not a look what I found, but it's more of a it's more of a look what I experienced because you know I'll, I'll trademark that one. That, <laughs> I'll trademark that one. <laughs> you, can, you can have it. Um, yeah. And so, as many of you know, I'm a big proponent of QuickBooks checking. I'm a fan of it. I use it. I have a class about it. I love the envelopes. The envelopes recently went up to five percent interest, which is like unheard of, which is fantastic because they want more people to use it. Uh, but the way QuickBooks checking works is that you have a main account where you have your liquid asset and then you have your envelopes, which are essentially separate savings accounts. And once you put money in an envelope, it is untouchable and unseen by the payment system. And because I take all of my money and I put as much of it as possible into my envelopes, I had something happen, which was a big invoice got paid. I moved the money immediately into the checking account, but they had not processed the fees yet. And so my fees bounced and they charged me 25 bucks for that. And then they tried rebilling it and it bounced again, but it didn't show up in April when it happened. It showed up in October. Why it took six months? I have no idea. Um, but I got all of a sudden a $25 bounce fee and uh, an unexplained um, merchant service fee six months later after the thing came up, after it happened. And so I you know, spent a couple hours on the phone with them hunting it down. Um, and so it's like, I think that they need to designate one of the envelopes as an overdraft fee so that if you do have an incident like this, you're not dinged and then dinged again six months later. Now, I don't know how common this is. I don't know how many of you have experienced it or if this was just an anomaly and a one shot. And, you know, if it's something really rare, I'm not willing to throw the whole thing under the bus. But what it says to me is that I have to make sure that I have a few hundred dollars as a buffer at the QuickBooks checking main level account and not pull all of the money into my envelopes. So that's my word of advice. So essentially what you're saying is that the any money that's on the envelope is not overdraftable. No, it is and invisible to the <clears throat> ARNAP. And it's going to treat and it's going to treat it, um, but invisible to to being able to use you mm -hmm. use the cash period. So um, so it's going to treat it as a completely separate bank account, even though yeah. it's an envelope, not a okay. Exactly, it's good. Yeah, Sorry, it's, it's kind of like profit first, but without having twelve bank accounts, you can just have twelve separate envelopes. And so, I love the envelopes. I put money away for payroll, and it automates the payroll, and it automates for sales tax. And I have money set away for our computer purchases, and I have set money set away for owners' uh, draws and rainy day funds. And 
you know, I'd love doing the budgeting that way, especially at 5% interest. That's way better than I get at Bank of America. For sure. Were you ever, were you, did you try to get the fee waived? Like first time, first time fee waiving? They waived the one back in April. They would not waive the one in, um, in, in the, in the, uh, in, in October. October. So what they said about that was that it was not an error in the system. It was user error and they're pretty unforgiving about it. And my complaint back was, well, but that's an interface issue. If the interface and the system programming has a limitation, you need to make that more clear. So I'm making it more clear for you since their system is not still a fan of QuickBooks checking just know this as a as a, a pebcac how, how much was the fee 25 bucks oh, okay so it wasn't like a percentage of, of no of... it was just a flat 25 of course it cost me three hours of time to hunt it all down and figure it all out but it was 25 bucks i love how our beloved quickbooks has taken the most hated thing in the world, which is a bank transaction fee, <laughs> and and now owns it as well. <laughs> oh, that twenty five bucks, even with the five percent interest, that twenty five bucks was definitely more than the interest that I had earned. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And, and at five percent, I mean, I, we we don't know how long it's going to last, but five five percent, it's 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 worth you know earning some interest through non traditional banks. Yeah. Uh, because like like Bank of America and Chase, you know, I mean, uh, they don't give a lot of interest. <laughs> they, they don't they don't care about that stuff. No, this is like the interest level of my childhood. This is great. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, uh, we're done with we're done with uh, look yeah. what we found, and um, you you should be listening to this at the end of December, the beginning of January. So we will see you on the next episode with new things that we found. All right. Uh, until then, we'll see you in the next one. See you in the next one. This podcast is independently operated and is not affiliated with or endorsed by QuickBooks or Intuit Inc. Any reference to Intuit and QuickBooks products are made solely for the purpose of discussing the topics related to the company and its software.